Hello and welcome to the latest episode in our Herbert Smith Rehills UK Public m podcast series. My name's Antonia Kirkby and I'm joined today by Heidi Gallagher, one of our m partners. Today we're going to talk about all share mergers, which are also known as securities exchange offers or share for share offers. They've got various names and we've seen more of these this year uh, compared with the previous couple of years. So I was looking at some numbers recently and we've had 13 bids in total so far in 2022, which had some form of paper component. And that compares with 11 in the whole of 2021 and nine in 2020. So we're obviously going to be We have seen more of these, we're expecting to see more of these. And whilst in many ways they are the same as a cash takeover offer in terms of structure and timetable, they do also bring an additional layer of complexity. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So Heidi, shall we start with looking at why we expect to see more of these sorts of transactions in the current environment? Sure, hi Antonia. So I think really it's all connected to the interest rate rises we're seeing. So as debt becomes more expensive, less readily available. Corporates, um, you know, looking for transformational changes are going to have to look at other ways of financing big deals and particularly, you know, those opportunities driven by scale. So where the opportunities relate to synergies of the combined business and the target shareholders are really going to have to believe in the long term strategic rationale for the merger, because unlike on a cash deal, Uh, those shareholders are going to be taking the synergy risk um, on those cost-saving opportunities as shareholders in the combined group. So at a time when valuations are fluctuating, depressed in many cases, um, they can be more attractive to target shareholders as it gives them the opportunity to participate in the upside growth of the combined business. And so... With that in mind, should we move on to what is different about these sorts of transactions? Yeah, so as you mentioned, the structure is really the same as for a cash takeover. So even if we talk about a merger, it's not a merger in the technical sense of a two companies becoming one. One company is still going to acquire the other by way of a contractual takeover offer or a scheme of arrangement in the UK. And in terms of conditions to the offer, There'll need to be a condition about the admission of the consideration shares, which are going to be issued in the bidder, as the admission of those shares to listing. And the target will probably also seek some kind of protection around how the bidder's business um, is going to be run ahead of completion. And the conditions that are in um, the offer document or scheme document, in reality, don't provide a whole lot of protection to the bidder um, because there's such a high bar in terms of uh, being able to invoke those conditions. So often we see that additional protection in the cooperation agreement. Um, so protract, pr- contractually protecting against value leakage in the bidder business. And typically that's designed to mirror to some degree the protection that the bidder has through the frustrating action restrictions on the target in the takeover code. So the usual position is that the target can't give anything in the cooperation agreement because of the prohibition on offer related arrangements. So the only thing to be conscious of there is that on a reverse takeover, the starting point is that the prohibition equally applies to commitments given by the bidder. Um, In practice, though, there is scope for a conversation with the panel on this 
to try and achieve some form of commercial parity between the parties. So you mentioned reverse takeovers there, and, and for these purposes at the moment, we're talking about reverse takeover under the code. Do you want to just talk us through what is a reverse takeover under the code and what the implications are if, if a transaction is a reverse? Sure, and yeah, you're absolutely right. You need to look at this both from whether it's a reverse under the takeover code and also um, under the listing rules uh, because they are different tests. So. If the bidder, as well as the target, is subject to the takeover code and the bidder is going to increase its share capital by more than 100%, that transaction will be a reverse takeover for the bidder under the takeover code. And that would mean that the bidder, as well as the target, um, is going to have to obtain independent advice on the offer from its financial advisor. It can't agree a reverse break fee with the target and it may have to make diligence information available to competing bidders under the equality of information rules in the code. And it's also gonna be really important to identify any significant shareholders in the target who might end up being 30% or more holding in um, the, the bidder entity on completion. Because if the bidder is a co-governed company, the acquisition of that stake might need a rule nine waiver. Um, and that means that it would have to be approved by the takeover panel and bidder shareholders. And just to remember, you know, if the bidder is a premium listed UK company, it might also need to put in place a relationship agreement uh, with the new shareholder under the listing rules. Thanks, Heidi. So, so moving on now to listing rules, should we talk about the um, listing rule requirements for reverse takeovers? Sure, yeah, so, so as I mentioned, you need to consider both of them when you're dealing with a um, listed UK company and a transaction will be a reverse takeover under the listing rules if the issuer is going to acquire a business, company, assets and any of the percentage ratios that are set out in the class tests in listing rule 10 are 100% or more or if it results in fundamental change in the business or change in board or voting control of the listed entity. And there are a few factors that the FCA looks at uh, in deciding whether there'd be a fundamental change, uh, you know, such as uh, whether the deal is going to change the strategic direction of the buyer's business and whether it's going to end up being part of a different industry sector following completion and, and whether that business will deal with different suppliers and users, that kind of thing. And you know, if it's going to be a reverse takeover under the listing rules, the company will have its listing cancelled. It's going to have to reapply for admission to listing and it will need to appoint a sponsor um, and produce a prospectus in connection with the readmission. Assuming the bidder is premium listed, it also has to comply with the requirements for a class one transaction. So circular and shareholder approval. There is a really important exemption to this uh, reverse takeover uh, under the listing rules piece. Um, and that's if both the bidder and the target have the same class of listing. There is an exemption in the listing rules that would apply and the transaction won't be a reverse takeover for listing rule purposes. But it is still going to be a class one transaction and so will require a circular and shareholder approval. Thanks, Heidi. So reverse takeovers under the listing rules are really quite onerous, aren't they? Um, you mentioned uh, a prospectus if they have to reapply for admission, but even if it isn't a reverse, a prospectus may still be required on a share for share offer? 
Yeah, that's right. So the bidder would have to issue a prospectus for the consideration shares unless it's a scheme, which means there's no offer to the public and the shares being issued represent less than 20% uh, of the shares in issue. And if it doesn't tick both of those boxes, a prospectus is going to be required. Or sometimes we see an exemption document, which is an equivalent document, pretty rare and doesn't really bring much advantage in practice as you're likely to be doing a class one circular to get shareholder approval anyway. Um, you're also then going to have your working capital statement and financial position and prospects procedure anyway. So clearly a prospectus is required. That That is going to bring a load of additional work um, and particularly around the accounting work streams, um, which have a, a decent lead time. And um, aside from prospectus requirements, are there other disclosure requirements that are sort of additionally apply on a on a share for share offer? Yeah, so under the code, there's going to be more disclosure around the bidder on a securities exchange offer. So, for example, the offer document or the scheme document will have a load of details on um, any significant change in the bidder's uh, financial or trading position and whether the directors and emoluments will be affected by the deal. It's also more likely that the bidder is going to be identifying cost savings synergies that it believes can be achieved following completion. So a common example is if the two head offices are going to be combined. Um, and if it does make statements like that, it's going to have to comply with the rules on quantified financial benefit statements in the takeover code. And that will require reports to support the statements from the reporting accountants and financial advisor. So it's really important that any of those statements can be substantiated and also that those statements are consistent with the statements around the bidder's intentions for the business. So around headcount reduction. So we need the, the kind of the synergy statements and the bidder's intentions for the business to be consistent with each other. Thanks, Heidi. And that brings us back to where we started, I think, which is, you know, those those sorts of statements are going to be important on a transaction like this because the bidder has to sell the deal and the combined business going forward to the target shareholders as they will be invested in it. So, um, yeah, quite a lot to think about there, I think. Thank you very much for joining me today and thank you too to our listeners. We'd really welcome any feedback or thoughts you have on our podcasts. Uh, and if you'd like to see any topics discussed in future episodes, do let us know. Otherwise, we look forward to you joining us on our next one. Thanks very much. Goodbye. Thanks, Antonia.